Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. Welcome back to the Commercial Property Investors Podcast, where we aim to give you the knowledge and confidence to move from residential into commercial property investment. And I'm your host, Jerry Alexander. So, I think I speak for most of us when I say we're all reasonably certain the ride is about to get a bit more bumpy. The big R word is looming for a lot of countries and industries around the world. So how can I possibly be talking about investing during this uncertain time? Well, that is what this podcast is going to be about. There's no panicking, no running around the place overly worrying or sticking our heads in the sand. That simply won't help, so there's no point doing it. If you want all of that, just turn this off and put the news back on or flick through your social media channels. Fill your boots, there's loads of it out there. But this is a pragmatic approach. We need to be thinking about the future and how trends are going to develop so we can invest correctly. I'm going to be sharing some sanity and later on drilling down into why CMO properties in particular do well during a recession. I'm actually being asked more and more about our niche, commercial multiple occupancy, and I think there are two reasons for that. One, the obvious, which is I've been talking about it on the podcast, but secondly because people realise it is a model that can do well during a recession, which is why it's becoming a bit more of a key subject. It's not the only section, of course, of the commercial market that will do well. However, some sectors will not do well for some time to come. But I think it's important to remember, we are all fundamentally in the business of space. We essentially provide four walls and a roof, sometimes not even that. What goes on inside that space will change over the years, but the property will remain. So don't get too hung up on the activities spaces can be adapted for other uses if they need to be. While I talk you through my thoughts on trends and our experiences from the last recession and how it affected our business, plus how the current situation is panning out, I want you to think about sectors you can identify as growth sectors. You see, when there's market turmoil, things move much faster, so opportunity can be quicker to realise if you pick the right areas. The stock market is a prime example of this. One thing is certain about this recession. There will be winners and losers. There always are. Our job is to keep a steady hand and take a pragmatic approach to make sure we're on the right side. Knowledge and experience from previous recessionary times will help us make better decisions. And each recession does of course have a different set of circumstances which may affect the intricacies of that particular time in history but there are a lot of parallels. For instance, I mentioned on a previous podcast that during the last recession, the problem was all about liquidity. It was called a credit crunch, and essentially it was difficult to get hold of any money. But this time round, I think it will be an income problem. There's lots of money sloshing around in the system, 
But businesses will not necessarily be able to continue meeting their obligations in the long term without any income. It is true, initially at the very beginning, a large proportion of businesses across the border are affected negatively by a recession. But the particular circumstances of each downturn, as I explained there, including what started and how it unfolds, will bring different winners and losers each time. For example, this time round, I don't have to tell you that some businesses in hospitality are really struggling, and perhaps travel as well, but other sectors are doing more volume than ever. Let me give you some examples that are directly affecting our business. There are some businesses that are providing support for essential services. They're doing well. We have some expanding customers who've taken bigger spaces and in fact new customers due to the increased requirements for PPE and related services. And that feeds into medical supply businesses requiring more space and of course more storage and warehousing. And our storage in general is busy. In fact, we're currently 98% full. And I suspect that might be due to lots of different reasons, not just PPE and other sectors that are growing in this uh, current situation. But it's also things like house clearing, delayed moves, general business stocks, quite a lot of different trends that are going on that are affecting storage. But for us, an element of our business is very strong at the moment. Online businesses, of course, have seen increased sales. And we have seen demand pick up for small units by individuals who perhaps are working from home and want to move out because they need more space, or perhaps they have an office somewhere else but need some storage space. And there are individuals who want their own space because they need some isolation from the family and also from other people. So they're typically looking for smaller units. That demand has picked up quite considerably recently. Some businesses actually need more space to get social distancing right as well. There has been some talk that the, the trend for office space now is it's, it's going to change, there's going to be less demand for it, big companies are going to reduce their footprint, and, and some of them may, and that will bear out in the trends that have already been um, affecting the industry. But there is an upside to that too. Some of these larger businesses don't want to disperse their employees. They want them to work together. They want team building. And some of them are going to have to get more space to allow this to happen with social distancing because cramming everybody into a tight space might not work at the moment. So think about that. There will be some increased requirements from existing customers if you're flexible enough. There's an increase in counselling businesses requesting space, which is a trend we've seen. And definitely noticed younger business owners are returning to work much quicker than the older generations. So what are their demands going to be? And is that going to be a long-term trend? Some of the winners we've seen, of course, have pivoted quickly into new areas. PPE is the obvious example. So as you can see, there are areas of the market that will be changing. And I genuinely think our customer type and demographic will change over this period too. When we've got out the other side, I think um, across our centres, the customer demographic will be slightly different. Now, some of these trends can feed into your decision making about more traditional commercial property investment too. It's not just about multi-let. And that might include things like warehousing or retail spaces, bearing in mind it's spaces. And on the high street... Retail has been changing, as you know, but think about how many coffee shops there were 
15 years ago compared to how many there are now. There are trends that grow within different sectors of the commercial market. You just have to remember we're in the business of space. Sometimes the occupants will change what they do. Now I want to discuss why CMO can work really well during a recession and the recovery period. I want to help those of you considering this as a strategy to understand this can be a very good time to grab the opportunity. Just to be clear, the long-term trends for these types of properties in secondary and tertiary locations are still there. They haven't changed. But some of the things I'm talking about here are perhaps more immediate, about the fact that the market may be shrinking or may be plateauing, but by offering the flexibility of a CMO property, you may be more attractive than traditional leases. Let's talk about why a business might want to consider renting space in a CMO property and mix that up with why it could be good for you as the property owner or the property manager. I've got 10 things here I'm going to run through, but one of the key ones, I think, the first one here is the flexibility of licenses rather than traditional leases. So as an occupant, you may be currently occupying traditional space on lease terms. So maybe a five-year lease or a 10-year lease. And right now, your lease is coming to an end and you have a choice. Do I re-sign for another three years, five years, 10 years? Or do I try and some, find something a bit more flexible because I just don't know what my business is going to look like in five months' time, let alone five years' time? So by providing more flexibility and licenses to occupy, you will attract businesses that wouldn't necessarily, in non-recessionary times, considered a licensed space. So it's important to consider that there will be new entrants to the market from other sectors of commercial that wouldn't necessarily have looked at it before. And it's because they want to have more flexibility. And they maybe want more flexibility in size of space. So they may take a small space with you to start with, but they are aware of the fact that with your type of offering, they might be able to get something bigger further down the track. The second thing is that last time round, there were a lot of redundancies, and I'm sure there will be redundancies this time. And what that tended to lead to was a number of individuals setting up their own businesses, which leads me on to the third thing, which is small space requirements. We did have quite a lot of single occupant inquiries last time round from people, as I say, that were starting up new businesses. And some of those went on and became very successful and grew to take two, three, four different spaces from us and then eventually they went and bought their own space. And that's fine. Some of them hung around for a while, they didn't really grow too much and they built lifestyle businesses that are still there and they're still in one or two person offices. But those smaller spaces that you can offer through a multiple occupancy building will give you the flexibility that those customers are looking for. Because for them, a larger space is just not going to cut it. And a lot of these guys are looking for a sense of community, an opportunity to network with other businesses. They're perhaps looking to get into an environment where they're surrounded by peers who are also going through the same issues, the same business building challenges. And if you can provide that community feeling and that networking opportunity, they will be able to actually potentially get business from the very location they're based at. Whereas if they took traditional lease space, that might not be an option. So that was the fourth thing. And then the fifth thing is instant space. Because with commercial multiple occupancy, often 
people will have created um, different size of spaces. There may be offices or workspaces or industrial spaces, but to all intents and purposes, ready to go. So people can actually go through the process of applying for a flexible license or for a space. Once you've done your due diligence, gone through all the different bits of paperwork that you, you consider as important, these guys could be moving in within 24 hours, 48 hours. And that can be really important for new businesses or businesses that are trying to flex and change during challenging times. And then the sixth thing is they generally will not have capital expenditure. So they usually won't have to come in and build anything because that's part of the offering. They won't have to come in and reconfigure the space or take out all the mess and clean it all up because that's something that we as providers do for them. Whereas in the traditional market, it may not be. So again, it just stands you out, makes you different. And that plug and play can really help for downsizing businesses. So if you think about it, and this is the seventh thing, if somebody's looking to downsize and they want to be able to do it quickly, they want to be able to change phone lines over. They want to be able to get internet access straight away. They want to be able to do it in such a way that they don't have two spaces running at the same time because that's double the cost. And because most of the building facilities are taken care of in multi-let buildings and that you generally either pay a service charge or it's included in the rental, the monthly rental, it means that those customers know they can come in, plug and play straight away, and of course, not have to look after the building facilities. So the eighth thing is, you as a proprietor, you don't have to stick with low ball offers. So what do I mean by that? Well, traditional lease market, if right now you have an occupant who's left and you have a vacant space, you may be tempted to take low ball offers because better to have a customer in than not, right? The problem is, if you're working on leases, you tend to secure that lowball offer for a fairly lengthy period of time. Now, you might be able to get some stepped agreements in there, but generally, if you've fixed a lease with a new customer for three or five years, and you've had to put in a lowball offer to actually get that tenant, unfortunately, you're stuck with it. But in flexible leases, that's not necessarily the case because you can agree to a market price right now for the next 12 months, but in 12 months' time, you can both review that. And if the market has changed, their position has changed, then perhaps you could tickle up the rent. Or if that customer leaves, then you have the opportunity to change the rent to the market rate. So it gives you much more flexibility to enjoy the upside of the recovery as opposed to sticking with the recessionary market figures. And the ninth thing is just a point here about market size. So the market itself can still be static, or it might even be shrinking, but you can still gain customers because of your offering type. So don't be afraid to think, oh, nobody's moving, nothing's happening in my local market. Well, actually, there is things happening with the current businesses that are out there. There may not be lots of new ones coming into the market unless you're starting to see the redundancies work through. But what you may find is that if your offering is better than the others, and some of those things that I've been talking about there, about facilities included, and of course the licenses and the flexibility, the market doesn't have to actually be growing. 
you can pick up customers from other suppliers if you get your offer right. And the tenth thing, the last one here, one of the big things about CMO during recessions, you will have churn, you will have people coming and you will have people going. But if you had a traditional leased space, perhaps with a single occupant, who may have gone bust or may have just basically got to the end of their lease period and has gone somewhere else, if that one person leaves, your occupancy has gone from 100% to zero. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad place to be because there are upsides in those more traditional leased spaces. But in recessionary times, if somebody starts leaving you from your multi-let building, you might lose 5% occupancy. You might lose 10% occupancy. In some cases, it might only be two or three, but you don't lose 100% occupancy. And it gives you a chance then to remodel that space, make it work better for whatever the market is demanding and get it relet, while still having income to fund that from all the other customers that you have in the building. So there's a number of things there to consider about CMO and why it would be good to do right now. So when is it a good time to get started? Well, let's just say you found a suitable building and managed to negotiate and buy it in the next three months. A tall order, by the way. But perhaps you already have one lined up but haven't quite pulled the trigger yet. It's going to take at least a month or two or three to get building warrants and redevelopment sorted if you're fast. And even if you're super fast, it won't be ready for customers until October, November or even next year. In reality, if you're starting out on these types of deals, they take time to find. Even if you have the network and shortcuts established. So you need to get started now. Remember, this too shall pass. All the confusion, the noise will pass and things will become more familiar and predictable to everyone. But to get ahead of the curve, you need to have a clear head before everyone else does. Should you invest in multi-let commercial property during a recession? Well, in my humble opinion, yes. I've been saying that throughout the podcast. But I'm not just saying it, by the way. We have already added a mixed site to our portfolio this year and we have another one lined up in the next few weeks' time. So I thoroughly believe that this is the right place to be. I've been through the recession last time round. I did go through the previous one, but with residential, not with commercial. But talking about the last time round, I can genuinely say that this next two to three year period is a good time for CMO properties. By the time we're actually ready and bring the one that I'm talking about to market, things will have moved on. It'll be the same for you, just like they did last time. I'll keep you up to date, of course, on how we're getting on with that property. So just as a quick summary, remember CMOs will give your customers flexibility. It'll allow them to um, take on smaller spaces than they perhaps would have in the traditional market. Last time round, there were quite a lot of redundancies, so bear that in mind. Networks are really important for businesses, more so than ever. So if you can help create community, give businesses an opportunity to meet each other, that is going to be a USP for you. People are looking for instant space, you can offer that. There's no capital expenditure for those customers. At this time, that's not something they're wanting to do. They can come and plug and play for downsizing businesses or sidesizing businesses. Everything's taken care of from a building facilities point of view, so it's great for them. You don't have to stick with low ball offers. 
You don't have to stay with a five-year lease. You can have flexibility as the upside comes for you to increase your rents, whether that's through people leaving or indeed renegotiating rents because the market rate has changed. The market size can be static or shrinking, but it doesn't matter as long as you have got a good offering. And if one person leaves, it doesn't matter too much because at least you'll still have 80 or 90% if you have a number of tenants in the one building. So as I wrap up, I want to say a thank you to all our listeners. I really appreciate you listening to the show. I want to say a special thank you to those of you in Ireland and New Zealand and Australia for tuning in even more recently. And if you have any colleagues you think could benefit from listening to the show, please share. And of course, if you can find the time, please just click the tab below to leave us a review. Every single review will help us reach more people and build a stronger network for all of us. Now, last thing. Can you pick one thing from this episode that you can act on? Just one step you can take or a strategy you can explore before next week. Commit to getting it done. To know and not to do is to not know. Thanks again and until next time, get busy on that one thing. (laughs) 